What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast, the first video Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast, episode 50. I'm your host, Mike Condition, joined as always by my guy, my co-host, Devin Verify Jackson. Devin, how you doing today, man? Pretty good, man. I'm recording this <laughs> Monday Monday morning, um, and you know it's it's been a busy week of of college football, uh, really the sports world in general. It's been uh, you know kind of a whirlwind of a week, so it's it's been busy, man. Uh, you know, trying to keep updated with the college football opt outs. You know, of course, we had everything go down with you know the NBA and WNBA and uh, some MLB teams. Uh, and some hockey team. So, you know, like I said, it's been a busy, busy sports week. It's been a, a crazy way to end August. Um, just so much going on this past week, you know, lost chat with Bozeman. It, it's been crazy, man. It's been a crazy it, week for sure. Before we get into all of that, first, I do want to take a second because this is episode 50. And if you had told us 50 episodes ago, we'd have gotten this far. You and I both would have thought people were crazy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. Because going back and listening to those old episodes, on, you know, on iTunes, we weren't ready yet. <laughs> we weren't ready to have a podcast. We were given one. We were just kind of rolling with it. And here we are, and it's almost a year later. We've done 50 episodes. We've had some great guests on. I, I did a whole thread on this on Twitter. Um, but, like, we've had great guests on. We've had a lot of people that have helped us, even though, they like, we've had podcast hosts that haven't come on give us tips as to, like, you know, moving our recording to Skype instead of trying to do it on CleanFeed, because CleanFeed was terrible and provided the worst audio imaginable for us. You know, so, you know, thank you to the guests we've had on. Carter Donick we've had on, like, two, three times. Malik Obi, we, we we did a whole, um you know, episode talking about his list. He was our first guest. We've had all, basically the whole crew, at, you know, at Blue Chip Scouting on. We've had our guy Nick Price on. Uh, our, our boss over at DTSM, we, we had Jake Ellenbogen on, Mark Schofield, uh, Connor Rogers from Bleacher Report, uh, Mello from Bleacher Report. We just need the third. We need to get Matt Miller on this year. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> um, but you know, the folks that have helped us, you know, immensely behind the scenes, like, uh, like Tyler Fornis, who's also been on, uh, gave us a little, you know, a lot of help as, as, as well along the way. Uh, Trevor Sycama, who I bounce podcast ideas off all the time uh, over at the Draft Network. Um, but most importantly, we want to thank you guys, the listeners, because without you, we, we're, we're not doing this still. Yeah. Um, you know, whether you, I, I said this and I typed it out wrong because my coffee hadn't kicked in yet, but whether you just started listening to us last month or whether you've been listening since day one when Here Comes the Money was our opening theme, all those days. Yeah, I swear to God, when we switched the theme, that's when the podcast took a shift to actually being really good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I think I don't think people were feeling the here comes the money. I, not only that, I just don't think that we really hit our stride until we had actually switched that theme. Yeah, I mean, um, well, we had our stride really December. December into January, we really started kind of coming into our own, basically bowl season. Um, but you know, again, thank you so much for everyone that's helped us along the way. Thank you so much for listening to us. Like you said, man, it was, it was a rough week. Um, there was a lot of shit that went down. Um, you mentioned like the NBA, um, I don't want to call it like a walkout, but, or 
It wasn't even a boycott. They just, you know, we're not playing today out of protest. And that's fine. They absolutely, you and I have had this discussion before. And I mean, now there's video proof of it that, you know, we can have these discussions. It's very awkward when it's two white guys having this conversation about, you know, race relationships. Maybe that's just my opinion, but Mm -hmm. I've always found it a little bit more awkward when it's like white guys talking about how, you know, how America can, can have this discussion. We can have this discussion because, well, as you can see, I am very white. Yeah. Devin, you're you're not quite as white. <laughs> yeah. Some would yeah, say you're actually not white. Yeah. Um. It's you know it, it's definitely an important conversation to have. Um. And I do want to give a shout out to the guys from Stick to Football. Um. You know, oh, Mellow and those guys. Yeah. They they spent about ten fifteen minutes on the opening, kind of explaining. Um. And I think it's important, you know, for for. You know, like you said, you know, obviously it might be a little awkward, but the the fact that they, you know, took the time to say that and uh, understand what the movement is about, understand why the players walked out, understand, you know, what's being done in the country and what needs to change. I think that being able to realize that, you know, and, you know, understand and sympathize about it. I think that's always the most important part. And, you know, we've had this discussion, we had it back you know, when everything went down with George Floyd back in at the end of May uh, and June, you that know, it was like forever up. ago, man. Yeah. And it's crazy. Only, it was only like two it was months ago. Yesterday too. Yeah. T- time is like somehow moving fast and slow at the same time. Uh, but yeah, like you said, um, you know, the you know NBA really took a big step. I know not everyone, you know, is agreeing with doing that or they felt like they should they should have uh here's my thing so there are always going to be people that say oh well we want they should protest but not that way how else should they do it man you didn't like it when they took a knee you didn't like it when you know when they started doing marches you didn't like it when they when they started tweeting you didn't like it when they started just not showing up to their games as a way of protest how would you like them to protest because i'm i'm starting to think we're running out of ways Okay, and I saw a tweet that that explained this perfectly. Sports are the reward for a functioning society, and society's not functioning properly right now. And the NBA, good on them for using their platform, the WNBA. I loved what they did. Yeah, I think the WNBA doesn't get enough credit for no, their, been, their stance on social issues. You know what it is? And the WW, WNBA doesn't get enough credit because they're a young league. All right, they're 25 years old. Uh, they're they around the same like they started around the same year you and I were born. Um, you know, they're a young league. They don't have a lot of eyes on them. Um, but they are like the WNBA and the NBA are probably the two most progressive leagues. Absolutely. And I know that there are folks that say that the NBA hasn't gone far enough because remember, they only allowed certain messages to appear on the back of the jerseys. Oh, by the way, if the folks don't want to listen to this, you can just go ahead and skip because Devin and I are going to have this conversation. All right, whether this is on YouTube or whether this is on on the podcast, skip ahead a couple of minutes, okay? Because this is a conversation that needs to happen. And I'm going to quote our, our guy, Connor Rogers. The Big Shots is one, all right? We are going to have this discussion. It's, it's crucial because we live in society, okay? This isn't just an isolated bubble. And we have to have this conversation because I don't have the same problems in my day-to-day life that Devin has to face in his day-to-day life, okay? So if you don't like that, either you can skip ahead or you can stop listening. I don't care either way. I don't mean to sound rude, but I really don't. Um, 
But my point is, like, they're running out of, out, out of ways to protest. So how, if these people don't want it, and, and I'm so tired of see, seeing people actively tweet about how, oh, I'm never going to watch the, the NBA, the, the NHL, the MLB. No one cares if you're going to watch. No one cares. I'm sorry. That is my least favorite tweet is when I see someone talk about how they're not going to do this anymore. Dude, nobody gives a flying fuck. Part of my language. But I'm so... It's frustrating to me because I, I don't see how this is even a discussion, how this is a debatable topic for people that you and me should be seen as equal because we should be. All right? If you want to look at the two of us, I mean, even if you just compare you and me, we're both 24, you know, 24 going on 25, both university educated, both, um, you know, with, you know, with university degrees, you've managed to luck out and get a job in your field right away. I have not, but there are some people that would say that, that still, for whatever reason, think that I'm above you, boot, dude, I'm a fucking barista at Starbucks. You work in local news. I think you might have a bit of an edge on me. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, just kind of to address everything, uh, like you said, people that tweet, you know, I'm not watching anymore. I think that's exactly why. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly why we had the protest because you can shut off those messages. You can shut off what's happening because it's not happening to you. It's not directly affecting you. So it's easy to shut those things off and ignore them when they don't directly affect your life. But, you know, listen, I mean, I, I kind of want to address a few things like if you, you know, want to say, OK, you don't want to watch anymore. That's fine. Just remove yourself. But don't act ignorant to the fact that there's something going on in this country, because mm-hmm. when people are protesting, like people protested and to protest to reopen uh, states and we, you know, we didn't complain about that. We didn't, we didn't tell them that, Oh, find another way to protest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when the, you know, the conference shut down, uh, like back 12 and big 10, you know, they got people, fans protesting that they're out outside of the school protesting, you know, holding signs, chanting, but that's not a problem. But you know, when black lives matter, uh, black lives matter movements are in the streets, or they're blocking your way, it's a huge problem. So it's a bunch of hypocrisy going on right now. You know, it's fine when you can protest for your cause, but when Black Lives Matter protesting police brutality and the killing of unarmed black men and women, it's a problem. So yeah. to, to me, it's like you can't pick and choose what you're supporting and what you don't support. you got to be consistent with Either you're going to support all protests or you're not. But yep. either way, it's going to happen whether you like it or not. And like that, that, that was, that, that was the, 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 the tip of everything this week that just said like the whole world, you know, in shambles. And, um, of course there was the, the like you mentioned earlier, the sudden passing of, uh, of Chadwick Boseman and, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say, I know he's one of your favorite movies. I didn't watch it for the first time until this week, and I get it. I get it. I get why it was so loved, because there was a lot more than, like, because I'm not a superhero guy. But there was a lot more to that movie than just being a superhero. It touches on a lot of race issues, too, which yeah. I was not expecting. But, I mean, 
we, you and I both felt that that was a necessary conversation to have to open this podcast. And again, um, much like our, our, our guys over at Stick to Football, we will have these discussions because it, we have a, a platform and we're going to use our platform however the hell we desire to use it. And right now, our platform has to have discussions on the, on these topics because this is what's going on in the world. Okay. Without black, you know, we cover the NFL draft. 80, 85% of the league is black. Yeah. Something like that. Without black athletes, there's no NFL. There's no podcast for us to cover. How can we talk about these black athletes and not have a discussion about them being treated as equals in the eyes of society? Yeah. I don't get it. Let me interject. Uh, Go for it. So I have a football high school, former high school teammate. Uh, His name is Chandler. He plays for Auburn uh, as a linebacker. Just yesterday, he was in a car, uh, you know, with his girlfriend and he got stopped for no reason. Uh, you know, the cops stopped him, said he was speeding, but he wasn't. Um, and then, you know, they were trying to provoke him. They said that they smelled like a, a hint of weed, like a faint smell of weed. And, you know, they tried to, you know, say, oh, you might have weed, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, they kind of were laughing about it and things like that. And he was just trying to, you know, keep his cool, man, because, you know, he has a girlfriend who, and you know, happens to be pregnant also. So, you know, he was just trying to stay calm in that situation. And they didn't give him a ticket. You know, they didn't tell him what they pulled him over for. You know, they said he was speeding, but he wasn't, you know, and it just just a small minor case of, you know, being unfairly um, policed. You know, there was no reason for him to be stopped. I mean, it's I've I've dealt with that. You know, my family has dealt with that being stopped, but really no reason to um, to be stopped. You know, one time my mom got stopped because they thought, you know, the license plates, the registration was off or whatever. But she had clearly gotten her registration. So they just made up some excuse to to explain why they stopped her. And and it's bullshit, man. Like, it, it's complete bullshit. And I know that there are some up here in Canada that think, oh, well, it's not like that. Sure enough, all right, we, we, we have a three-party system as opposed to your to the Americans' two-party. Our equivalent of the Republican Party has always been maybe slightly to the left of, uh, you know, of the Republican Party, like, normally. I, I'm just completely not acknowledging the person you have in your white house right now but the traditional republican they're probably slightly to the left of that and then we have like our left party and then we have like bernie sanders level left left wing in um in in the new democratic party so we have like that well that conservative party just elected you know just appointed their new leader and he's trump he's diet trump all right, he's running on a campaign slogan of "Bring Canada Back." Oh God. Yeah, it's the same bullshit. It's the same bullshit. So you know what? We've seen what happened in the states. We've seen what happened in England. We don't let so to Canadian listeners, don't let that shit happen here. I'm a conservative voter. I am voting for that fucker. Yeah. I am voting for that fucker. All right. I may disagree with the Liberal Party in terms of a lot of their stuff, I will not see Canada become what, you know, what the States has become, you know, under the current leadership. I won't fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, 
like I said, it was just a lot, man. Last week was a lot, you know. Uh, you know, Hopefully with that going, this week is better. Yeah. Hopefully this week is better. With that going um, on, uh, you know, they had the 15, 15th year anniversary of Katrina um, oh God, on yeah. Friday, on Saturday. So, you know, just thinking about that and the lives that were affected by that, you know, that was a lot to deal with. And we lost Chadwick Boseman. So, I mean, it's been a lot, man. But, yeah, um, I also kind of before we move on to, you know, what we're discussing today, I also want to talk about people being upset about Chadwick Boseman not disclosing his health. Um, That's his and, choice. Yeah, I just don't understand. Like this man had stage four cancer, and he doesn't have to share that with the public. And I feel like we as a society feel so entitled because we know so much about everybody. We know so much about our favorite players. We know so much about our favorite athletes, actors, celebrities. That you know, TMZ is always putting out people's business. You know, all these blog type websites that have gotten kind of famous off of off of profiting off of you know celebrities uh, news and whatnot but i thought it was just beautiful that he was able to go out on his own terms you know we didn't have a tmz reporting a kobe you know kobe dying you know we didn't have uh you know some smaller you know network or whatever reporting that chadwick boseman died you know I think that's always beautiful that he was able to go on his own terms and that, uh, you know, while people were complaining about his, his not, him not disclosing his health, you know, we appreciate him when he was here. We understood how special of an actor he was playing in 42, playing in draft day. Um, playing I completely in the forgot he was in draft day until people started yeah. mentioning it because I try to forget that that movie exists because it's terrible. <laughs> it's yeah, terrible. I, I, it's a, it's, you know. It's bad. It's yeah. It's a it's a niche movie. You either like it or you don't. Uh, but yeah, he's he's playing so many versatile roles. I think that we really did appreciate him as an athlete and human being. I mean, just the fact that what the Black Panther represents, he was literally the Black Panther man. He, you he know, was over, he was the first black superhero. Yeah, he he was embodying that in his own personal battles and struggles. And the thing, what the one video that really got me was that. He, uh, you know, he obviously he stayed in contact with like terminal, terminally ill children and a lot of them were trying to stay alive mm-hmm. b- before the movie came out. And that just, you know, broke him because he was dealing with it at that time, too. So, yeah, you know, you know, rest in peace, Chadwick Bozeman and everyone we lost this year. Um, but, you know, we got to finish out 2020 strong, man. Uh, 2020 it- just uh, as a whole fucking sucks i think we i think we can all agree on that um let's transition to some of the news uh we've had player objects and that's going to be the main topic of this one it's gonna be a longer you know podcast but you know fuck it why not um i don't since we started recording devin the jacksonville jaguars have released leonard fournette that was wild yeah jaguars are entering I don't like to say this, but they are entering full tank mode. Oh yeah, they're, they're, oh, and they traded Yannick Ngakwe yesterday too. That's right. That's a thing that happened. Yannick Ngakwe took a six million dollar pay cut to re-sign with you know with the Vikings in the most heavily taxed state in the country, moving from a income tax free state. He yeah. really wanted the hell out. Yeah, I, um, I don't. I oh, don't blame him. Oh, and that move pissed off um, the guy that was projected to take over that starting spot. I can't pronounce his name. Ifiani Odenigbo, I think it is. 
I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. He literally name. just as soon as the trade announced went out, fool's gold. It's like, okay, bro. Like, here's the thing. Most people don't know who you are. <laughs> and this is Yannick Ngakwe. There's yeah. a bit of a difference. <laughs> um, they, lost, they lost Everson Griffin and oh, got Ngakwe instead. Yeah, he instead. went to the Cowboys. This all happened in a week. This all happened since we last talked. Um, yeah, I know. It's amazing what weekly podcast recordings will will happen in the span of an entire week. Um, other than that, I don't think there's been a lot of news. I can't believe... Oh, yeah, we had our first football game. Yeah, but backing up first. Um, so we had some injuries, too. Um, Oh, all of the injuries. Yeah, so many injuries. I saw uh, a yesterday that went on about how, well, for a condensed, uh, you know, training camp and, and no preseason, we sure are seeing a lot of injuries. Did you expect it to be the opposite? Like, I don't, that's the one I don't get. Like, they haven't had a lot of time. They didn't have mini camps or, or, or OTAs this year because of COVID. So they're trying to fit all of this into a shortened period of time. There are going to be more injuries because players are trying to get back into football shape and their body can't quite handle that. So exactly. I'm not surprised there's a lot of injuries. But yeah, uh, Grant Delpit went down for the year. Um, I think, oh, Earl Thomas was cut. Yeah. Yeah. So much going on, man. It'll like said, just, just insanity. Uh, yeah, there's been so much that, that happened since we last talked. Um, Again, like handful of injuries to like key players, key rookies are getting hurt. Um, yeah, the NFL is back in, I believe, two weeks. Yep. Uh, well, actually, less than that. It's like a week and a half. Week and a half. Like a, Thursday, Thursday, Thursday night. night. Um, and then we've got uh, college football. It's it's back. I did not watch the uh, the, the game between Central Arkansas and Austin P. Um. For obvious reasons, <laughs> I, I had a, I th- one. I think I was working when that game w- was on, and two. Well, it's Central Arkansas and Austin P. I, I'll wait. I'll wait for 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 prospects. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean they they do have that one corner Central uh, Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, he, Robert, Robert Rocho. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw that he got burnt a couple of times, so that's never good. He's gonna have a blast up against uh, North Dakota State. It looks like. Oh, he got my got my guy at UAB next week, Austin Watkins. Ooh, Austin Watkins, yeah. yes, sir. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a a bridged. Holy crap! So much has happened in the last week. Yeah. Uh, also, I, one more thing Go uh, for before we move on. Tyler Browning. Oh yes. Do you want to talk about this? Because I I, I I I I can't find the words still. Yeah, um, I'm not going to disclose, you know, everything that kind of happened. But you know, Tyler Browning was was gone for a bit, um, and you know, it it sent shockwaves, you know, across our you know our group at Blue Chip Scouting. Um, but he's been he's been making progress, man, and he finally was able to tweet the other day. Uh, that was. You know, like I tweeted, out, it was really nice to hear from him and uh, to know that you know he's back and you know kind of kind of back in the realm of everything that's going on. He has a lot to catch up on. He missed about a month of news, um, but you know, glad to have him back in the fold. And you know, hopefully we will have him on the pod in the next you know month or two and you know chat up about the Cowboys, you know, because he loves his Cowboys. But yeah, we're we're glad to have you back, Tyler. 
uh, we know, love glad you. to have you back in the fold. Uh, yeah, that was, that was, um, one of the best things that's happened in 2020 for me was, was to see that Tyler is, he's back, he's doing better. Um, yeah, it, uh, that, that whole situation this year, uh, with him the last like month or so, it, it had you and I both really, really worked up. It had both of us really, I, I was scared, man. I was scared. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, but he pulled through, man. He, he pulled he's through. He's, he's doing good. Uh, we love you, Ty. Uh, we're going to have you on soon. Um, but yeah, so transitions from that, we have now seen a whole lot, a whole lot of uh, opt-outs for the NFL draft at this point. We're literally just going to go through all of them to this point. Uh, Devin and I have, I believe we've watched all of these guys. I know I have. I don't know about you. I've, um, I've watched like pretty much all of them. I don't think I, I watched Twyman, but pretty much everyone else I've watched. Right. So let's start from the early ones. I know we, well, we, we talked about Caleb Farley, Rashad yep. Bateman, and, and Micah Parsons. Uh, I mean... I have a first round on all of them. Let me just double check my. I know I have. Uh, yeah, Rashad Bateman's at seventeen. That's that. That's a first round grade. Uh, he's the lowest of the of those three. Micah Parsons is at three. Caleb Farley's at eight. Uh, we're talking about first round players. They had nothing left to prove. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Rousseau, you and I have talked about this. We would have loved to see him have an extra year, but. Here's the thing, and I, I I was thinking about this. Let's say he tried to come out after another year this year. Teams are obviously going to be more focused on Rizzo. Would you rather go out after a one year of 15 and a half sacks when no one saw that coming? Get your, you know, when you're 6'7", 265, and get drafted top 10? Like, I mean, hell, we saw Marcus Davenport with that same raw ability, but... Nowhere near the production. Get drafted what fifteenth? Yeah, I, I think I 15th, think it was like 16th. in the twenties or something like that. Yeah, but, like yeah. In, in in around the top half of the draft. And Greg Rousseau has the production and the traits and the size. Like that. Now we're moving into top ten. If he had a year where he did Marcus Davenport le- level numbers when he Davenport had to come PSA, back, he would have still been a first rounder, but he wouldn't have been. As talked about. So I, I, I get it from both sides. I would love to see another year just to prove that it wasn't a fluke. But he's playing his best cards, which is to go now. Yeah, I mean, your your stock is only going to be as high as your, you know, best season. I mean, you know, it's even questionable for Trey Lance to suit up for his one game um, simply because the mystique and, you know, kind of basically his one season body of work. I mean, we're seeing that being able to, you know, really catapult a, a prospect. We saw that with Joe Burrow last year, you know, one season, one season, well, he had two seasons of work, but one season of, you know, extremely high level play. Uh, same with Mr. Trubisky, you know, one season of extremely high level play, you know, and, and for, I don't think it matters as much for edge rushers, if that makes sense. Like, obviously you want them to be, developed and well-rounded but when you're dealing with someone like Gregory Rousseau who has shown some ability you know it's pretty raw you know teams teams love edge rushers they're going to take a raw edge rusher with the traits and size all day you know they're going to take him they're going to take him Quiddy Pay 
you know, Jason Oway, they're going to take those three based on their physical abilities alone. Like they can be as raw as ever, but, you know, teams are going to take chances on that. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I, I think that, that he's kind of like an obvious, like, I know you're a little bit lower on him than most. You, yeah. I think you still have him in the first though, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I think, I think he's like in, he's like mid to late first round. Yeah. Uh, Rondale Moore is, is an interesting one because, again, he only played in three games last year, three or four games, um, and then got hurt. Really, we've never really talked about Rondale Moore on this podcast because he got hurt, like, the week after we started it. Yeah, we were, man, we were so excited about him. And then, and then, and then, and then, no. then like, two drives in, he went down, and then, uh, what, Sindelar went down, too? Sindelar went down on the same play. Yeah, it was, it was I, awesome. I remember that. But yeah, like, we're talking about a dude that has 4-3 speed and is also built like a brick shithouse at 5'9", 180, squats 600 pounds. That shouldn't be normal. No. Uh, and he may fall. He may fall because it's been a year and a half. He probably will. Um, I think that. You know what would be team... terrifying is if at 32 or 31 or wherever, no, like no, the Chiefs, no, no, like if no, the Chiefs no. or, 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 or the Niners or, Hey, maybe the Saints get him at the end of the first round. Oh boy! The only reason the Saints would get him is if Jameis Winston showed he can be the future. Yeah, that would be yeah. the only reason they, he would he would get picked. Um, yeah, I mean Rondell Moore, man, he's he's fun, man. He's everything you want in a receiver his size. Um, he's powerful, you know. He's fast uh he can do it all you know there's a slight concern about his drops because he does have some drops over the last uh you know over his 2018 season when he was just a freshman um you know when he really had limited action he, he played well against nevada but that was about it you know every, they they struggled the rest of their games um so yeah i mean i think right now i have a late first on rondell i just think just based on he's you my know, wide receiver too yeah, just based on his his body of work and, you know, kind of the, the injury layoff, it's kind of hard for receivers, you know, to have a year off and, and still go first round. Uh, you really got to be a special type of talent, and he is. Um, I just don't know how teams will view him and, you know, his size and, you know, potential limitations only playing in the slot. So, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, again, we're we're still talking for this is the one that's going to that's going to split us, I think. You haven't really watched him, but there's a split consensus on it. Some people absolutely love Jalen Twyman. Hi, I'm one of those folks. And then some people don't. Like, I think uh, the Matt Miller said he had him in, like, round two, round three. The Draft Network has him as their ninth overall player. The Draft yeah. Network agrees with me that he's better than Marvin Wilson. They have him ninth on their consensus board. They have Marvin Wilson at 17th. Yeah, I still I still gotta get to the ACC as a whole. I still got a lot of players on AC and ACC, but so, I'm starting. I'm slowly catching up. But so with Jalen Twyman, you are not getting the run defense prowess that you're getting from Marvin Wilson. This year at the top of the defensive line class is a lot like last year. You have the guy that's not as much of a pass rusher, but is a dominant interior defensive lineman against the run and just wreck shit, and that's Marvin Wilson. And then you have your guy that's not as good against the run, but is really good as a pass rusher, like Javon Kinlaw was, and that's Jalen Twyman. Now, again, 
Say comparing Jalen Twyman to Javon Kinlaw is just wrong because they are built nothing alike. Jalen Twyman is six foot two, two hundred and eighty five pounds. Javon Kinlaw was six foot six, three ten, and had like three percent body fat. That is one of the most terrifying human beings I've ever had the the uh, the privilege to stand beside. Jalen Twyman made uh, sorry, not Jalen Twyman. Uh, Javon Kinlaw made me look small. All right, and I'm six two, two twenty five. Like he dwarfed me. It is scary how big that human being is. Um, but yeah, like Twyman, he was a killer on the inside uh, as a pass rusher. The problem is, is that on rundowns, he can get run over quite a bit. Yeah, I think that's then I think that's why people you know are low on him. But uh, it's a didn't... passing league at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it, it really depends on your scheme and really how you are going to use this player. I mean, you know, it sounds like you know Twyman is definitely going to be in those second and third downs. I mean, I, I think it'll be a, every down player. He's going to have to be better at stopping a run if he wants to play consistently. Um, but otherwise, you might see him kind of be a rotational guy uh, where they bring him in kind of specialty packages and whatnot. But, you know, it, just from the sounds of it, if he improves his run stopping ability and able to stay upright and not get bowled over or anything like that, I think he'll be just fine. Yeah, for sure. Um, Kerry Vincent, uh, I'm just literally going in chronological order of when they, they, uh, declared, uh, Kerry Vincent Jr. I was very excited about when he, when he was getting ready to declare or sorry, getting ready to start the season, he was going to be moved to the outside. Yeah. He, he, he opted out and now I won't see him on the outside. Kind of played that like nickel slash safety was going to probably transition to playing more outside corner. I don't know what to do with Kerry Vincent. I, I legitimately have not seen enough of him to have an opinion. You're the yeah. LSU guy. Um, I don't know, man. I think he, he's probably going to stick that safety, you know, kind of nickel type player. Um, he might start off as a nickel in the NFL. I think that probably is where he's best suited. Um, I don't see him as a true safety. I think that, you know, he has some some issues with uh, being able to cover the whole field. Uh, you know, covering his full range, you know, really good tackler, uh, very physical. I just think, you know, like you said, his body of work is kind of limited, you know, and you want to see him kind of like, you know, Sean Wade. You want to see, you know, him be able to move to the outside or show some versatility, maybe guarding outside receivers. Um, so for me, I think it's going to be interesting. I think his testing is really going to be the point of it, emphasis for him. Uh, I think his film is, is, you know, pretty good, but they play on a pretty good defense. Um, so we, we really don't know what he could have been, you know, on a, you know, still pretty good defense, but not as talented, you know, pretty inexperienced defense that would have been this year. You know, obviously lost Christian Fulton and Delpit, uh, you know, Patrick Queen, uh, some other guys as well on the defensive line. So, I think that, you know, him not having this extra season, you know, might may hurt his, his stock a, a little bit. For sure, for sure. I'm Again, I'm, I have to go back and watch him specifically, but he did show up while I was watching LSU, but he just wasn't someone I was overly focused. It, LSU was a hard study last year because, like, everybody from that team's gone. Yeah. Uh, Warren Jackson from Colorado State. This is your guy. Yeah. 6'6", 220. I, I don't see a lot of breakaway speed, though. No, he doesn't. I, 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 he had production, but he had production in the Mountain West. Yeah, didn't really do I'm, much against Colorado. Like, yeah, I mean, I think that 
you know, he's at least the early part of his career is going to be a big body red zone type receiver. Um, you know, not someone that's going to create a huge, a huge amount of separation. I've seen maybe a few reps where he was able to create separation with his route running. Um, I think he, he's probably a mid round player, uh, at the very least, you know, uh, third, fourth rounder. I think that team will, uh, you know, will pick him and, you know, like I say, kind of use him as a red zone thread and try to see what they can get out of him. Um, I, he just not really the average speed, I would say, uh, slightly above average. You know, he doesn't scream like a four, 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 three guy. Uh, four, five, four, six is more of his range, I think. Um, someone, like I said, someone that's gonna be able to catch those jump balls, those back shoulder fades, uh, stuff like that. You know, he's a big body receiver. I just don't know, you know, how teams are gonna value him in terms of, you know, being able to separate. But he's, he's gonna be, he's gonna be a, a catch ball type player, catch, uh, high catch point that can box out defenders and, and can really be a, a reliable red zone threat. For sure. Uh, next up, Michigan offensive tackle Jalen Mayfield, who, I mean, if the Big Ten had a season, would have been their only returning offensive lineman from last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like Jalen Mayfield. I think he's got a lot of tools. I would have loved to see him play a year at left tackle. I think he's a pretty good right tackle. I think he could start day one at right tackle. There, He's a top 40 guy for sure. Mm-hmm. Without him having a season, it's hard to see him sneaking into round one. I see him as more of a second second round guy. I yeah. think that's that's kind of where he's gonna like, fall. I have him right now as it stands. OT six and where is he on my board? I have him forty third, so that's like a mid mid second. Sounds about right from considering, yeah. you know, he didn't have a season this year, so it sucks, but it is what it is. Uh, Wake Forest wide receiver Sage Surratt. I know he's going to have split opinions. He is a lot of the reason anyone knows who Jamie Newman is. Yeah, he, he really bailed him out on a lot of passes. Wake fell apart without Sage Surratt. They went down the drain quick. They lost to Michigan State, okay? Like, nobody good lost to Michigan State. Newman didn't play, though, right? I don't think he played in that game. Uh, no, Newman played, I think. But they didn't have Surratt. And Newman's numbers took a nosedive with that Surratt. Yeah. Um, like, he's coming off of an injury, which sucks. Uh, he's already not a very fast wide receiver. He's a jump ball specialist. We've seen guys like that go early. Mike Williams. Or not, not yeah, Mike Williams. Uh, T. Higgins. We've seen guys like that fall, though. Calvin Harmon. Is he going to be late round one, early round two guy? Is he going to be a round four guy? It all really, depends on how fast he is. Really depends on his testing. Um, he's good, no doubt. I, I think he's, he's a, a, a top—I think he's, he's a four or five guy. Yeah, he's he's a he's a top ten receiver in this class, I think. When when healthy, when healthy, I have him as I have him as wide receiver five. So yeah, I have it. Chase, Moore, Waddle, Bateman, Surratt. Yeah, Why he, he's classes loaded. He's he's going to be in discussion to be one of the top receivers, but it's just about health and speed. You know, what where is he going to run? I think that's really going to determine 
whether a team, you know, wants to take him or not. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I like him. I think he's probably going to go top, top 40. Uh, on the same day. All right. When I started my initial rounds, I did not like J, uh, J. Tefele's tape. Then when I studied, like, the Pac-12 and spent, like, a whole week watching them, bro, bro, <laughs> this, okay, we talk about the wide receiver class being loaded. We talk about the running back class being loaded. We talk about the corner class being really good. This defensive line class does not get enough credit for how good it is. All right. Very true. You know I'm a da- you know I'm a Darius Stills guy, right? You know I like yeah. Christian Barmore. Tefele is better than both. All right. Like, and, and again, let, before I have all sorts of Alabama fans in my mentions about Barmore, it's literally because the dude played like a hundred snaps last year. Yeah, he very limited tape. That's why Barmore. I'm glad Alabama has a season so that I can see him in a, in, a, in like a full time role. Uh but dude, Tefele, he. He's a monster. 6'3", 315. Uh, shoot him off the ball with EO in a gap. He's in the, the opposing field backfield in half a second. I actually wrote in my, in my Pac-12 article that I'm surprised the opposing teams weren't charging him rent for how much time he was spending in their backfield. All right? Like, he was dominating. Dominating. Sure. If he refines it, like, there are times where he gets you know, anxious right off the bat, and he starts trying to do too much with his hands, it's like, all right, man, just... some You don't got to play, you know, a million miles a minute. You just got to, like, let it play out in front of you sometimes. Because right. when you start doing too much, you're going to get wiped out of the play. Yeah, I think, but you know... if he refines that, we're talking about a dude that is, like... Translate that to a 16-game season in the NFL. We're talking about a guy that's getting, like, between 15 and 20 tackles for loss and probably a 10-sack season. That's that is extremely extremely um we're talking great production. About, yeah, we're talking a potential first rounder. Like right now, Tefele comes in at where is he? I have him in here somewhere. Uh twenty fourth overall. I have him ahead of guys like Travis he, different positions. I have him ahead of overall of guys like Sage Surratt, who we just mentioned. Uh, Travis Etienne, Pat Fryermuth, Brevin Jordan, Creed Humphrey. I am ahead of all those guys. Uh, I I wouldn't say I'm too surprised. I mean, I would you know, love just... to see Creed Humphrey versus Jay Tufele at a one on one. I just want to see that. Only if Tufele was a senior. I know, right? Yikes! I would have loved to see that. I because those two would have just kicked the shit out of each other. Uh, unfortunately, playing in the Pac-12, he doesn't see too many good offensive linemen. Um, let's all right, and now we're getting into some more recent guys. Uh, about a week or so ago, Ambry Thomas, the corner out of Michigan. Have you watched a lot of him? I don't really like him often out. No, me I neither. I it, saw him, like I, I, they're not they're not the same player, but it reminds me of Josiah Scott, like. <laughs> He made some plays, you know, he was pretty good, but nothing spectacular. You know what I'm saying? Like, he is going to be a mid to late round guy. There is no doubt about it in my mind. I don't see him as one of the premier corners in this class. I think there are other guys that are better. Um, I think there's going to be other guys that declare that are better later after they have their season or whatever decision they make. 
So I think right now, fourth, fifth rounder maybe. But yeah. I, I just listen. I watched a lot of Michigan last year. He didn't pop out when I was watching them. So. He's got decent ball skills and he's a good tackler. But like, that'll he's not great for coverage. Teams. Yeah, that'll, that, that'll get you on special teams. teams. Right off the bat, we're talking about a guy that's like a day three guy. Listen, Michigan. Now I get it. No he didn't have Michigan. a season. He didn't have he didn't have a season, so I understand why why he he, he declared. But if the NCAA is sticking to their word that even if you play this year, you still maintain a year of eligibility, I would have loved to see him go back for another year. I would have loved to see him because if the Big Ten starts in November, that would have been perfect time for him to come back. Yep. You know, get a full season, get more tape, possibly go to the Senior Bowl. It would been it would been great for him, but you know. You know, sometimes, you know, opt-outs work. Sometimes they don't. I just don't see it with them. I've seen, I've seen people, you know, talk a little bit about him, maybe second, third rounder. I don't see it. Uh, really no Michigan secondary player in the last couple of years really stood out to me. Uh, I mean, it, Josh Mattelis wasn't great. I think he went like sixth or seventh round. Uh, what's his name? That corner. Lavert Hill. Yeah. He went sixth or seventh round. I mean, they, they don't have great secondary play, man. Nope. They got the front seven now. That's a different story, but secondary play now. Rashawn Slater of Northwestern. We have collectively shit on Northwestern on this podcast. For, we, will not, we will not do that to Slater. We will not do that to, to Rashawn Slater. Now, here's the thing. His best game came against Chase Young. Not a lot of people can say that. Tremendous, tremendous upside just based off of that one game. Now I tell I tell people that whenever they watch them, watch that game because that, yeah, that is teaching tape. Yeah, like that is better than any tape of a player not named uh, Penesul. All right, I agree. I if you look at all of the offensive tackles in this class, their best game is not as good as, as that. Other than Penesul, who that was. That he would have looked at that and been like, "Yeah, that's a Tuesday for me." Like Penesol is just amazing. You were talking about a very intelligent player, obviously being at Northwestern. He's already graduated, started 37 games, and shut down Senior Bowl. He's eligible. That's right. Here's the thing: six foot four. Northwestern listed him at 295. So 285. With a year to, to to ready his body, we're talking th- maybe three oh five, six foot four. You look at the, the the tackles in the league that are six four. Jason Peters is three forty. Isaiah Wynn is three twenty five. If you're gonna be small in height, you got to be bigger in size. So you're saying guard maybe? I have an interesting comparison for Rashawn Slater. Cody Whitehair. Played tackle at Kansas State. Everybody knew as soon as he was drafted, he was going to be kicked into either left guard or center. You can say the same thing for Zach Martin, although I'm not, I will never compare someone to Zach Martin because Zach Martin is the best guard in the NFL. But Zach Martin was a college tackle. Was kicked inside immediately because shorter arms, shorter stature. Rashawn Slater does not have overly long arms. We're immediately talking inside. I think his best position may actually be center. And I'll tell you, he's he's a projection for that because 
you're obviously having him learn a completely new position. Now, unfortunately for him this year, the center class also has Creed Humphrey, Tyler Linderbaum. Like, we've got good centers in this class, too. So he may be the third center taken. But he also may be, like, the eighth offensive tackle taken. I think you're probably talking about a guy that's top 100, probably top 75, but can start right away on the interior. Yeah, for sure. I, I like I like guys that are versatile or has the ability to be versatile. You know, that's exactly why I really liked Cesar Ruiz last year. I could see immediately, you know, the ability to move to the either guard spot, you know, despite him playing center. Uh, I think Slater is that good of a player where he can move to guard, move to center, move wherever, uh, and still be effective and still potentially be a starter in the, the NFL. Um, so I think, like you said, he's a top 100 player. Um, I see him probably third round range potentially, especially if he's moving positions or if teams drafted him to play another position. Um, so that that's kind of where I see him. But I really like him, man. I think he's a really good player. I think that, you know, he showed on tape that, you know, he has really high potential. Um, you know, you know, going against Chase Young and really stymieing him, you know, slowing him down. You know, obviously you're not going to completely take him out of the game. He's a monster. But being able to contain him, unlike Jackson Carmen, you know, I think that's uh, a good thing. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That that was funny uh, for for those who may not know. Someone tweeted out about how Jackson Carmen shut down Chase Young because Chase Young didn't register a sack in the national title game. But Trevor Lawrence was under a lot of pressure by Chase Young, and yeah, just because Trevor Lawrence has a really good reaction time and can send out you know uh, a pass in a second and a half does not mean that Jackson Carmen stymied Chase Young at all. In fact, someone shared a a, a clip of like Aaron Donald just decimating. Uh, an offensive line, but an offensive line for the Rams, and Jared Goff throws it away. I'm like, according to some Clemson fans, Aaron Donald was stymied on this play. Yeah, it it it's a it was a funny debate. That's why I just dropped the video of literally Chase Young whooping Jackson Carmen, then nearly getting a strip sack, and then the guy had the nerve to tell me Jackson Carmen won a rep. <laughs> Unbelievable. It was, it was funny, but moving on. Um. We're running out of guys. There, I'm surprised there haven't been more recently. Uh, Joe Tryon from Washington is the next one. I haven't really watched much of him, but from what I hear, he's raw, not not uh you know super athletic. Just I have him as edge six. Yeah, six five two seventy. He's a he's definitely an effort guy. Here's the thing. Uh, he's an odd projection because yes, he's raw. But he also, he had production in college too. But I could see him as a guy where like his floor for the NFL is like four or five sacks. But his ceiling is also maybe eight. It, he's a weird, he's a weird case study where like he doesn't have a very low floor. But he also doesn't really have a very high ceiling. You kind of know what he is, but he just, he hasn't put it all together yet either. I'd be shocked if he ever put up a, a, like a double-digit sack season. Yeah, I, I really haven't watched much of him. I, I need to. I made my Pac-12 rounds, but uh, I didn't look too deeply in 
into Washington. I still need to take a look at Elijah Molden as well as uh, him. Le- um, Le- Levi on Wuzurike? I've watched him. Oh, I He's, thought that was the guy. I thought you were just struggling no, no, no. trying to say that. I, no. I've uh, got two more. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, Memphis. Top five running back in this class. Um, yeah, top five running back in this class. I have him at, I have him at RB5. You have him higher. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> He's ahead of some people. Some people who consider their RB2. I have him ahead of your RB2. But I'll, you I'll go ahead it. and be wrong. Go ahead and be wrong. <laughs> go ahead yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, he did a great job against uh, Penn State. And he, he had a, a fantastic game against Ole Miss. But when indeed. Ole Miss is the second best defense you face all year, that's uh, that's not very good. That's true, but because I think Ole that Miss I, is allergic to tackling. Very true. Uh, we saw that with Devontae Smith. Um, that's one of yeah. the main reasons I. Everyone wants to point me to um, Devontae Smith as oh look he had a great game against Derek Stinley. Okay, so you had a junior who had a great game against a freshman making his like. Fifth career start. He got the best of an 18-year-old. Uh, no, don't get me wrong. We'll get back to game well in a second. But when you want to talk about Devontae Smith, like, okay, so Stingley is one of the best corners in, in, in the country, no doubt. At the same time, 18-year-olds are prone to have a bad game from time to time, and he just so happened to do it against Alabama. A lot of players had their, their worst game against Alabama. So they point out that one. So, okay, I'll chalk that up as a wash because you can either say that Smith got him a few times, or you can say that Stingley just had a bad game. Both are true. And then watch the Ole Miss game. You mean the one where they just refused to tackle him? Like, I watched that game. Ole Miss didn't want to tackle. They weren't fast enough to keep up with him, so they just didn't bother most of the time. That's why he got six touchdowns. Kenny Gainwell, kind of the same thing against Ole Miss. They couldn't keep up with him, they ain't going to tackle him. Yeah. I mean, it's... My point is Ole Miss is bad. Yeah, I mean, we, we knew that already. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, going back to Gainwell, I think that, you know, he's going to be, I don't, I don't really see any running back going first round. Um, that's just kind of where I'm at right now. I don't think any running back is really screaming first round. I need to go first round. Um, I think he'll go somewhere late second. Yeah. Late second, early third. I think, I think a team snatches him up, uh, a really good team. Snatches them up and, and we're going to get great use out of them. The, it's weird about running backs because you can really have one good season and go to the NFL. You know, running backs is such a evolving position. Like to me, running back and linebacker are two of the positions that are kind of low on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. Like you can get a bunch of linebackers and running backs. You can get like solid ones. Like they don't have to be you know, breakout stars or anything like that or make 15, 20 million to, for them to, for a team to be good. They don't have to be given Zach Cunningham money. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think, you know, he's, he's probably late second, third, you know, early third range. I think a team gets great value out of him. Um, I think he, he's gonna, gonna be good in the league, man. Um, I like his tape, you know, just from watching him for 30 minutes, you, you get a feel of what he is, you know. He has breakaway speed, you know, elusive in open field, um, you know, can catch the ball in the backfield. So I'm excited to see, you know, kind of where he falls. I don't think 
for in kind of in his position, there's really no gaining, nothing to gain really. I think you know maybe get becomes RB one, but that's still at best probably a late first, second round pick, you know. So yeah, definitely. Uh, and then the last one, I think this was one of the more no brainer ones that you could have imagined, Jamar Chase. I I respected his decision to say initially that he was gonna go back. And I'm glad he went, I'm kind of glad he went back on that decision. Cause if he had a down year with Miles Brennan throwing him the ball, people would have been like, well, how much of that was Joe Burrow? Yeah. Now we don't have that, now we don't have that concern. By the way, Jamar Chase declaring does wonders for Terrace Marshall. Cause someone's gonna have to get those targets that were gonna be given to Jamar Chase and that, that they're losing from Justin Jefferson. That don't be surprised that Terrace Marshall puts up like 1500 yards this year. Yeah, it's going to be tremendous for his stock, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jamar Chase, man, there's really nothing else you can prove. I think that, you know, people are trying to say, oh, it was Joe Burrow, but someone had to catch the football. I mean, he made adjustments to the football, you know, like as much as we give Joe Burrow credit, you know, say, you know, he really helped Jamar Chase as a receiver. It's a two way street, man. You know, receivers got to catch your passes for you to look good. And Jamar Chase was consistently being his play, you know, his, um, you know, matchup off the line. You know, he did it to, um, you know, Tr- Trayvon Diggs. You know, he did it to, um, uh, what's what's his name? The Falcons drafted him. Um, AJ Terrell. Yeah, AJ Terrell. I mean, he he did it consistently. You know, people wanted to point. I think somebody pointed at the Auburn game. You know, that said, you know, oh, he, he's not as physical or, you know, he doesn't win and, you know, all the, you know, jump balls. The thing off, is, if you balls. look, if you look at Jamar Chase, the games where he didn't play well were games where Justin Jefferson was the one that, that was given, like Oklahoma, let's say. Yeah. That's another one that people, well, he didn't dominate against Oklahoma. Yeah. Cause Justin Jefferson had five touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. It, it, to me, it's, is asinine to think. You know, oh, because he didn't have a good game against this team, is he really worth the pick? You know, I, that, I made a tweet yesterday. You know, there's going to be people that be like, it's going to be like he's a third round player. I'm, I'm just waiting for that to happen. And they can wait, go ahead wait, and drop. Wait, wait to eat of them. I'm going to say, I'm going to save it in the bookmarks and tweet them immediately as soon <laughs> as he gets drafted in the first round. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, but yeah, so far, that's all of the ones that have declared. And really, with the exception of maybe Rashawn Slater and Ambry Thomas, all of them make sense. All yeah. of them make sense. Definitely. And you know what? Like, you could argue with Rashawn Slater, like, hey, listen, if my go-to game is against a guy that went second overall, that, that maybe he didn't need, like, and he didn't have a season. Let's be real. Northwestern isn't competing anytime soon, man. Nope. You know, they got nope. Peyton Ramsey in the fall, but they're not competing, man. Nope. They're not competing. Um, but yeah, that, uh, that's going to do it for today. As Wait. always. Oh, no, we got more. Yeah. Let's talk about, we can just quickly go over, but yeah. we got the games this weekend. Oh, this yeah. Weekend, we this we weekend. do have games. That's right. I forgot. Here's the thing. I keep forgetting we're in late August. By the time this comes out, it's September. Uh, hang on, let me pull up this week's games, because I think, I think we're going to do what we did last year, which is, we, we going through game by game, or the main games, and we'll pick, and then loser owes the other one a Popeye sandwich, okay? 
Sounds good. All right. So hang on, let me pull up college football week one. I keep I legitimately forgot that we are that close. So what do we got this weekend? See, fuck, Google shows all the ones that have been postponed too. So I guess oh, but like, there are a lot of. Uh, hang mm, on. Yeah, I hold on. I got you. I got you. You you, so, you got me. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm struggling with this. All right, so uh, we got Central Arkansas is going to be back in action Thursday against UAB. Um, I'm taking UAB in that one. They got they got some good players on that on that team. I, yeah, I've been working on a on a group of five article, and UAB's got some of those. Dude. UAB has like half the conference USA players. Austin Watkins mm-hmm. go. Yes, sir. I I got an article coming out on on him Thursday, so. You know, right before the game, go make sure to check that out. But basically, bringing him down as a player. Um, but yeah, I got UAB as well. I think they're they're riding high from another good season last year, and I think that they uh, are going to be Central Arkansas by at least fourteen twenty points. All right, South Alabama versus Southern Miss. I know nothing about either team, so I'm going South Alabama. I did not see anything from South Alabama, and I actually don't. I, I think it's South Alabama Conference USA, or are they Sun Belt? Like I, think, I think they're Sun Belt. I don't know. Hang on. South Alabama Conference. Yeah, they're Sun Belt. Okay. Um. Yeah, Southern Miss Conference USA. No, I know that they have a good quarterback. Uh, Jack Abraham. And when I say good quarterback by Conference USA standards, he's draftable. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Southern Miss. Uh, Marshall's going to stomp Eastern Kentucky because Marshall, Marshall's good. They got a good yeah. run. Hmm? Marshall. Yeah, they got, they got a, a good quarterback. They got uh, a thumping running back in Brandon Knox. Uh, Mid-Tennessee at Army. I'm going mid-Tennessee. They got a good right tackle in Robert Jones that's gotten some senior bowl love. They got Reed Blankenship in secondary. Yeah, I got mid-Tennessee as well. SMU versus Texas State. SMU going to stomp them boys. Oh, yeah. Shane Bouchel. Reggie Roberson. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking about doing a, a Shane Bouchel breakdown, you know. See what he can do in 2020. I might work on that later in this week. Try have out before Saturday. But yeah, I got SMU, man. They're probably going to win by at least 20, 25. Uh, North points. Texas versus Houston Baptist. I'm going to go North Texas. I'm going to go I, North Texas too because I didn't know Houston I, Baptist University was a thing. Uh, Arkansas State at Memphis. This got a little bit more interesting with Kenneth Gainwell out of the fold, but Memphis is still going to win. Um, Arkansas. Good. Arkansas State does have a, a pretty good quarterback, Lane Hatcher, uh, that we'll have to keep an eye out on. Um, but I think Memphis takes this one. Uh, UTEP versus Stephen F. Austin. I'm going to go Stephen F. Austin because UTEP is dreadful. Yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the same. And then this one, this, ooh, this one's going to be good. BYU at Navy. Mm, that's going to be a good one. I got BYU, though. Zach Wilson. Oh yeah, Dante, Dante Colinelli, that's his guy. Uh, I'm gonna go BYU as well, uh, dude. They got they got they got J2 Fele light at defensive tackle and Kyrie and Kyrie Stanga. Uh, but yeah, that's 
that's week one of the college season. Uh, we will obviously next week be reviewing those games. Um, and previewing the next slate, and we won't go through every game. We'll go through the main ones. We'll pick out a certain number of games. Uh, that's where it was kind of easier when we were covering the Big Ten. We knew exactly <laughs> what we were covering. Yeah. Um, that's going to do it for today, guys. As always, um, when it comes to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify, subscribe. Give us a review. Helps us get uh, get known. Um, you know, you get the name of the brand out there a little bit more. Um, follow me on Twitter, Mike H underscore draft. Follow Devin on Twitter, real D underscore Jackson. You can find him because he's got the little ch- blue check mark because he's verified. That's why we call him the verified. Um, follow the show on Twitter, uh, big shots pod, follow blue chip scouting on Twitter at blue chip scout. Um, I am currently working on about three different articles right now. Uh, right now, I am working on a mock draft that will be released before week one of the NFL season. I am working on a Power Five uh, best prospects and uh, sorry, not Power Five, a, a group of five uh, best prospects article. I am not doing a full deep dive on a Sun Belt article. That seems like a waste of time. Um, I am also working on an article for Downtown Sports Network where I'm going to be talking about players that uh, need, or sorry, not players, uh, coaches, that I expect to take uh, a leap to a bigger job. So whether that be group of five guys, lower tier, um, uh, um, power five head coaches, or power five coordinators, that I expect to take a bigger job within, rather than doing a, uh, a hot seat article, because during a pandemic it doesn't seem like it's in very good taste. To do that, um, Devin, you got anything you're working on? Yeah, uh, like I said, uh, I f- I finished up a Austin Watkins breakdown piece that will be released on Thursday uh, for Blue Chip Scouting. Uh, I'm gonna work on a Shane Bouchel breakdown as well um, and, and talk about you know what can he bring in 2020, and what can he do to raise his draft stock, and you know take the next step as a prospect. Um, I'm probably gonna have that out probably about Friday. Uh, today, actually, I released the article, um, Downtown Sports Network, um, about Sheldon Rankins. Uh, he's been injured the last couple seasons. You know, Rutgers left Achilles in 2018, hurt his right Achilles in 2019. Uh, you know, just basically, you know, if he's in the fold, is the Saints pass rush going to be lethal? Uh, and I think it will be, you know, if he's healthy. And from all accounts, sounds like he is healthy. So that's available now on uh, Downtown Sports Network under Downtown Saints. So check that one out. Um, yeah, man. Um, you know, just continue to build content. You know, if also you you're interested in XFL, go check out you know XFL Press. Um, I'm doing some work for them as well. Um, you know, keeping up with ex- former XFL players that are signing in the NFL. So check it out. Yeah. Uh... Also, one last thing, um, I've mentioned it before, uh, we are doing, well, we, I am, I am putting together a Madden uh, 20 uh, draft class, or sorry, Madden 21 uh, draft class. Uh, I know that Madden has gotten a lot of flack because the gameplay is not what people wanted, the franchise mode isn't what people wanted. I am not going to comment on that. I legitimately have not played an actual, like, proper game i've literally just been working on players um so 
I'll take the last couple of minutes we got to, to quickly touch on that. We'll, it will be custom made players. What I mean by that is Trevor Lawrence, Penny Sewell, Jamar Chase. These players will not be in this draft class and there's, there's different reasons for that. One, I want to avoid any form of bias. So if I'm lower on a player than let's say the consensus is, I don't want that to seep into Madden where Walker Little, let's say. A lot of people think that Walker Little is a first or a second round player. I have him as a sixth round player because I think he's dreadful. And that's me being nice by saying he's a sixth round player. I do not see it whatsoever with him. I don't want to get, a, you know, people thinking I'm biased against a certain team. By also doing it as a custom class with fictional players. These players are based off of real players, both NFL and college, already drafted, in college, um, draft eligible this year, draft eligible next year. They're based off of players like that without being the same. Different different names, different jersey numbers, different schools. Um, but when players... I mean, making a draft class in August and September for what may happen in April is hard because... Players get hurt. Players uh, decide not to declare for the draft. So let's say I put Terrace Marshall in this class. He's not eligible for, like, he's eligible for the draft, but he could also decide to return for his senior year. And if you've already gone through that year and you've drafted him, it throws everything off. So that's why I prefer to do fictional. But just because it's fictional doesn't mean that it's not realistic, because... I've been talking with our friend, Andre Weingarten, ratings expert at Madden, about realistically what should first-round players be, get, be getting, what should second-round players be getting. So that the ratings are, I may disagree with the way that Madden's ratings are, so maybe first-round players are slightly higher than what you'd expect. So let's say a first-round player, like Joe Burrow was a 75 overall, but... You know, maybe my top quarterback is slightly better than they would, uh, you know, rate Joe Burrow. But you're not going to have players that are first-round players and 83 overall. But you're also not going to find guys that are, like, 75 overall in the seventh. You're go it's going to be kind of realistic to how the actual NFL draft would, would unfold. Uh, and I've introduced tendencies this year, which means that schools that are more known for a certain style of player at a position, I'm going to incorporate that. LSU is going to be more known for a uh, kind of more of a bruiser type running back or a speed rusher than they are for a mobile scrambling undersized quarterback. So I've incorporated all of that to try to bring as accurate as of a fictional class as I possibly can. I don't know when it's going to be done because I'm doing this whenever I have a few minutes here and there because thankfully Creating players in Madden is a lot faster than creating players in, say, NBA 2K, because there's a lot less, there's a lot less completely meaningless stuff that has to go into it, unlike with NBA 2K, where you can spend a lot of time on stuff that does not matter. Uh, but yeah, when that's ready, uh, and I will be tweeting out updates, uh, from Twitter, um, I will let you know, and this is our way of giving back to you guys for reading our articles for supporting the podcast. So until next time, guys, for Devin, for myself, um, you know, 
what did you guys think about the first live podcast? What can we do uh, to improve the video quality of this? Because we were used to doing this as an audio podcast. Now we're doing it video. Um, let us know what we can do. And until next time, guys, take it easy.